0: Today's guest is Dr. Edmund Adjapong, a scholar whose work focuses on engaging youth through culturally responsive and sustaining pedagogies centered around embracing hip-hop culture in the classroom. In the second half of the episode, I'm joined by my colleagues Alicia Lee and Eric Royo, elementary educator and founder and director of Hip-Hop Building Blocks, for a discussion of ways to bring what we learn from Dr. Adjapong to the elementary and middle school ELA classroom. This is To the Classroom, and I'm your host, Jennifer Saravallo. Dr. Ajapong, welcome. It's so great to see you again. Thanks for having me. Your scholarship centers around incorporating hip-hop pedagogy into upper-grade classrooms, especially science classrooms. And you've authored many papers, some with your mentor, Chris Emden, about this idea of hip-hop-based education, HHBE. Let's start with a simple definition. What is it and what is it not?
1: Great question. So what hip-hop-based education is, is... The authentic incorporation of hip hop elements and sensibilities into classrooms, instruction, into school frameworks, into education writ large, right? So we're talking about from we can, we can have hip hop based education and teacher education programs. We can have it in K-12 classrooms. Um, what it's not is the opposite, which is not the best definition, right? <laughs> but considering the, the the inauthentic kind of um incorporation or um very like i want to say like unthoughtful or you know in the incorporation of hip-hop that doesn't necessarily acknowledge the 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 group and the context in which you're trying to incorporate um these ideas and and thoughts and elements into
0: do you have a example off the top of your head of an inauthentic (laughs) application of hip-hop where you're like oh it's like almost cringy it's like oh yeah no not that
1: Absolutely. So like an inauthentic application. I mean, so like when we talk about hip hop and we'll probably get, get into this in the conversation, you know, hip hop is obviously, it's a culture, right? It's, it's a defined culture, but hip hop exists and operates differently with depending on the context and the, the folks in the, you know, community who are engaging with it in that moment. So for example, hip hop in the Bronx looks a little bit different. The way young people in the Bronx engage in hip hop might look a little different than the way young people in Brooklyn engage in hip hop. It might look tremendously different than the young people in Atlanta and how they engage in hip-hop. So an inauthentic um, incorporation of hip-hop in the classroom um might look like bringing in a song, let's say, for students to memorize or make sense of that has no connection to the students, that the students don't acknowledge or value, um, and that may not necessarily connect to the... The, the underpinnings of what hip hop culture is, right? And I, when I talk about the underpinnings of hip hop culture. I'm, I'm talking about, you know, how hip hop was conceived initially in, in the Bronx in the 1970s um, versus commercialized and consumer based hip hop, which there are different variants around that in the culture there.
0: I wanted to ask you about why. And obviously you're talking about connections to culture and yeah. authenticity. Um, but can you expand upon a little bit more of why? Why should educators embrace this approach? And especially for Black and Latino. Or Latino yeah,
1: students. you know, there's always a big why. And I have many responses to the question why. I think one of my first responses is yeah. there's there's always a need for creating opportunities to draw connections between who young people are and the culture they engage in outside of school spaces. When we think about schools and traditional school spaces, um, they're very Eurocentric and aligned to dominate culture, right? And hip hop. In its essence, it's opposite of that, right? Hip-hop was created by Black and immigrant communities in the Bronx as kind of a counter to dominant culture because they were feeling oppressed and engaging. And you know, they, were, they were engaged with a lot of social injustices at that time. So hip-hop was kind of a response. Hip-hop is anchored in joy, it's anchored in liberation, it's anchored in freedom for oppressed communities and oppressed people. So, you know, we think about bringing hip-hop and hip-hop culture and hip-hop sensibilities into the classroom. It's an opportunity to connect with students and bring joy, liberation, and freedom into the classroom space, primarily with black and Latino students and Latino students, because you know, we can also we can often recognize and argue that maybe school spaces and policies weren't necessarily created with them in mind. Um, and you know, there's 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 a the constant attack of blackness on on blackness and the rhetoric of anti-blackness within schools. So you know, thinking about how we can leverage and be intentional about bringing young people and youth culture um, into classroom spaces is very important. You know, another reason, another why is, you know, hip-hop is, I mean, it's a culture, obviously, and and young people from all across the world engage with hip-hop culture. And, you know, we talk about Black and Latino students initially, but, you know, white students are the number one consumer of hip-hop. So, I often argue that, you know, while in my work, I've speak, Primarily and directly to Black and Latino students um, and students from, you know, systemically marginalized backgrounds. It's also it also caters towards all students, and the rationale and argument for that is that hip hop is such a nuanced, complex, and a multimodal culture, right? You know, aside, you know, we could have the cultural argument, but then there's also in, in my in my perspective, this it's just a teaching argument that that supports. Yeah, it engaging. supports learning, yeah. it's engaging, um, and it creates opportunities for young people to feel safe within schools and classroom spaces, but also connected and engaged with the content, right? So that, that's, you know, my main argument for the use and leveraging of hip-hop in school spaces. Yeah.
0: Love it. So you talk and write a lot about um, some elements of hip-hop pedagogy. I think this is helpful to kind of think through these different elements and maybe have some examples of what this can look like. So I'm just going to name one of the elements okay. that I learned about from you. And I'd love you to tell uh, what's a quick definition of it and maybe an example of what this might look like Absolutely. in the classroom. So the first one I'll start with is knowledge yes. of knowledge self. Knowledge
1: of self is the core of hip core element of hip hop. And, you know, knowledge of self really comes with this. It's, it's the critical consciousness piece of, of of how we want students to engage with the world. So we want students to be critical. We want students to question um, And we want students to have the ability to challenge systems and structures and also understand that they are inequities in the world.
0: So what might that look like in a like an yeah, in a, example or in a practical classroom example? In a classroom
1: practical example. classroom example, you know, it might look like, you know, I'm a science educator. So it might look like, you know, having students identify, you know, health disparities that might exist in that community. And, you know, identifying the health disparities, identifying the populations in which you know these health disparities are 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 mainly and, and mainly impacting, and you know not just staying at the identification piece, but also like how do we support our community and awareness. So going from that, you know, becoming experts around these these disparities, these health disparities, but then going out and raising awareness within the community, um, or the folks you know that are being impacted by this. So like having opportunities to learn content, but then also sharing your understanding and knowledge of that content and and position yourself as an expert within that content area. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. So now let's move on to another um, element right. of hip-hop pedagogy, which is yeah. graffiti art. So and
1: when we think about graffiti art, we're thinking about how can we support young people and coming up with their own conceptualizations of art, um, of content through art. Um, this idea of incorporating art, but also this idea of that art is connect- it's directly connected to culture. Sciences can be very conceptual at times, right? Um, Physical science in in particular. So, you know, I remember teaching students and I'm not having, you know, a clear understanding Mm -hmm. of how to make sense or visualize particular science concepts. So I just, you know, they understood the content and the underpinnings of the concepts, but they had a difficult time visualizing it. So we just had opportunities where we just created visual art assignments. And as long as the content is accurate... You can visualize this to pick this content any other way, and it provides young people to be creative, um, and supports this idea of deeper learning, right? If I'm cons- if I'm, c- I'm coming up with my own conceptualization of this content and this understanding, of course, I have a deeper understanding of the content because it's constructed the way I see the world and through the way through my own knowledge.
0: And is it important that it's sort of publicly consumed that it has a, a wide audience in the same way that graffiti art would, or could it just be? for the audience of the teacher or should it be to be really be true to it? Should it be more publicly yeah, that, displayed? That, yeah, that, you know, that's there? a great
1: question. I think it could be a little bit of both, um, you know, definitely publicly publicly displayed because a, a big part of my work is to get young people to, to feel like scientists or to feel like mathematicians. So to have this identity that aligns with the content, but that also aligns with the culture, right? We can, I think we can do both and, so, and to support our students. And, you know, I'm definitely an advocate for public display and public display can be you know, putting it on social media, like having a class social media um, page or having it hung in the hallway or having it, you know, um, displayed in local community spaces like barbershops, you know, supermarkets, delis, grocery stores, et cetera. But it, it encourages the teacher to go out and build those relationships if they want their students art um, to be in those spaces. So there's also kind of another level of community engagement for the educator um, in that aspect in that regard as well.
0: All right, cool. So how about MCing? Another element.
1: Yeah, when we think about the MC element, we think about the master, the master of the classroom, you know, the master of ceremonies in hip-hop. And with MCing, it's really like kind of the focus on the educator. You know, when we, when we go to a hip-hop show or a concert, the MC is the person who who has and knows all the con- their content knowledge. And oftentimes, you know, in schools and classrooms, teachers are the beholder of the content knowledge. And when we think about MC, we really thinking about a co-teaching model where we can really support um, teachers and getting a deeper understanding of their students and how they conceptualize content by by leveraging the student as a co-teacher. And and this can look like the st- student co-teaching a segment of the lesson. It could be the do now, the opener. It can be the, uh, the introduction to the mini lesson. It could be the class discussion. And when we provide opportunities for the student to lead the lesson um, and segments of the lesson, it provides the educator an opportunity to understand and see how students conceptualize Content information and how they're disseminating as well. And it positions that student as, as an expert as well, you know, being able to share content knowledge with their content with their, with their peers and students, their peers might see them like, wow, I didn't know that, you know, you were so, you were so good at science or so well versed in math. So it, it it provides opportunities for students to feel really good about themselves and develop some confidence. Um, and to develop a deeper identity around the content area. You know, it also supports the students in communication, right? And how they're communicating and, and, and demonstrating their understanding of content as well. When we think about the MC, also thinking about, you know, different elements and strategies that, you know, hip-hop artists might use to engage the crowd. Like, we're thinking about engagement as well here, right? So we're thinking about call and response, right? Um, You know, you go to hip-hop shows, the MC might say, you know, when I say, hey, you say ho, hey, they're finding different ways to engage the crowd. Like, you don't want to go to a, a, any concert or show. And, and, and be, not be engaged, you know, so thinking about how we can create opportunities for engagement, but also multiple exit points for students to connect with content. So call and response in a classroom, you know, it might simply look like the teacher creating these call and response, um, call and response, um, sentences that, that are around, um, content area, you know, for, so for science, you know, Newton's laws of motion, right? Um, an object in motion, I would, I would say in the students response respond stays in motion.
0: And then I think about another leadership role in hip hop is the DJ. Mm-hmm. What's well, so what's the DJ? And how does that work in oh, the classroom?
1: Yeah, the DJ, you know, we think about the DJ and you know, when we think about the the inception of hip hop, the DJ was was the core element, was the first kind of core element. Um and DJ cool hurt, you know, learning how to, you know, put two different turntables together and a mix in between them to come up with this sound and this technique around the brig beat. So when I think about the DJ, my conceptualization of the DJ and hip hop really leans toward like, how are we leveraging technology within our class spaces and how are we supporting young people and having um, quality and effective understandings of technology, but also responsible ways of engaging in technology. So thinking about just the use of technology, the use of music in the classroom, you know, we talk about DJ, thinking about how can we get the class the whole class to curate a playlist that we that we use for the class. You know, oftentimes I've realized in talking through my conversations with students and through my research that a lot of our students are not doing work in, in silence. You know, ultimately we, we think that silence is ideal, um, but there are some students who can't, you know, really engage while, you know, in silence. So may possibly having lo-fi beats in the background or creating opportunities for students to curate playlists. And this idea of curation really talk positions of students to be a leader in that moment.
0: Yeah. Everything you're saying just makes me think about the, the benefits of heightened engagement, yeah. being re- relevant and responsive to kids' cultures, of mm-hmm. um, centering kids and their experiences yeah. and their voices and their the ways that they want to learn and the things that they want to learn. It's just a really powerful, really positive vision for what the classroom can be. Yeah. What did I forget? Right. forgot b-boying what else did i forget
1: yeah i think we're at b-boying i think we did mc graffiti i think yeah. b-boying right b-boying, um, yeah. we come about b-boying and break dancing is another core element of hip-hop and it's just this idea of kinesthetic learning um like mm-hmm. how similar to graffiti arts how can we support young people and develop their own conceptualization of content knowledge but through movement right engagement through movement so in science classes, in a science classroom, it might look like students acting as individual, mo- individual molecules after discussing the different states of matter, going from solid to gas and gas to liquid, et cetera. Um, in a history classroom, it might look like students acting out as, you know, political figures or figures that we're having conversations about and making sense of through history, but also like understanding their perspectives and, and speaking as if they were them right, demonstrating a deep understanding of I know this figure, I know how they might react to this, but like just acting it out um, in a demonstration of, of, of a deep of a of deeper learning um, and just creating opportunity for students just to get up and move around in the classroom. I know it sounds very simple, but, you know, how often have we gone to classroom where students are literally sitting in their seats for the entire period or the entire day? And the only time they get to move around is during the change of classes or the change of periods.
0: And so you've done research around incorporating these practices into the classroom. And there's a study yeah. that I read was published in 2015 with, with with Emden, where you asked kids about their responses, their reactions, their feelings, the way that it yeah. impacted them as students. Uh, what did you yeah. find?
1: So I, I found that through the the use the use of hip hop through instruction, students were able to connect their culture to their understanding of content. And through that connection, they were able to develop uh, a, a deeper science, a stronger science identity, right? So they felt more confident about engaging in science because the way that they were taught and the way that they experienced science, so they experienced science through their culture. And through this, students, they share that they might, they might feel comfortable taking more risks when it came to science, possibly taking more science classes or advanced science classes if they have the opportunity. And another piece that I got, another result or finding that came out of my research was students challenging and critiquing school systems. Um, And this was, I, you know, I wasn't really expecting this. And this was one that was really surprising to me because I would have focus groups and conversations with students around how they were experiencing their instruction. And they would say like, you know, I really like that you teach that, you know, I'm, I'm being taught this way, but it's only happening in this classroom. And why is that, right? Why isn't the English teacher down the hall doing this? Why isn't the math teacher down the hall doing this? And it, that would create conversations around like, not all teachers are well-versed in culture and students' cultures, and, and possibly not all teachers are willing to utilize and leverage students' cultures in that way.
0: In addition to this scholarly writing that people can take a look at, and I'll link to some of it in the show notes, I know that you're working on a book about this topic.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes, I am.
0: How's it going? You want to share a little bit about uh, what people can expect to find in the book?
1: I do. I do. I, I'm writing. I, I just had a checkpoint yesterday. And it's coming along, and I think the one piece that I'm really pushing through around this work is the way my conceptualization of hip hop pedagogy has it continues to grow, and it continues to grow and shift because hip hop and the culture can see, continues to shift. So I've, I've kind of taken a step back and looking at this work really through culture and how teachers identify with with culture and how students identify with culture. And I think a big piece that I'm, I'm adding to my work is this um, this idea of, I'm still trying to find a way to frame it, but this idea of the pre-work that the teacher has to do before they can even pick up these tools and engage with their mm-hmm. students authentically, right? We talked about engaging with hip hop culture. The, you know, the way I define it is around the, the authentic incorporation of hip hop, right? Because if we have a negative bias around hip hop, that's going to come through in the way that we see our students, in the way that we're engaging um, in this instruction. So that is the first thing that I'm really challenging and pushing teachers to do in my work. And also like really articulating this work as an extension of culture responsive education, right? You know, culture responsive education, you know, anchors on you know this idea of critical consciousness and incorpor- the, the authentic incorporation of culture and really supporting young people from becoming dependent learners to the independent learners.
0: I love that framing. And I, I totally agree that 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 began just thinking is like, you know, how many classrooms with mostly black and Latino students are led by white teachers who might be listening yep. and thinking, I love this idea, but I feel like an outsider to this culture. Mm-hmm. Or I have mm-hmm. certain concepts about what hip hop is and isn't already. I yep. don't know enough to really embrace it. But what you're doing is you're giving them um, pathway to, yes, question them, themselves and their own ideas, but also to position their students as experts yeah, and exactly. um, and to allow their students to be sort of the leaders maybe of bringing this into the classroom as well. Is that is that a, a good interpretation?
1: That is a great interpretation. You know, we think about what hip-hop does, that hip-hop you know, it centers those who have been systemically marginalized and oppressed. So this framework of teaching really focuses on centering the students. And now I'm not saying that the student has to be, you know, the person, the only, the only resource for teachers, but it is one important resource for educators and understanding how they can leverage, you know, these, these approaches in classrooms. So my, the work really, you know, revolves around this idea of um, how do we, you know, build up our racial literacies, right? Because hip hop is a culture that was created by black, black folks. Um, You know, how do we challenge our perceptions of hip hop? Before we can even leverage it. So in the book that I'm working on, you know, I, I have a lot of, you know, self-work and props that teachers can use to, like, make sense of that work for themselves. But then I also have strategies that align to all the elements that I discussed earlier that they can use to make, you know, teaching and learning more engaging, um, that they, where they can use that to center students within their work um, and find opportunities to, to learn more about their students' cultures.
0: This sounds so exciting. I hope you're hope you're nearing the end so that we can have this book soon. <laughs> sounds like very needed and and really exciting work. Thank you. Well, thank you again so much for your time today, Dr. Ajapong. I really appreciated reconnecting with you and having this conversation. And I can't wait to hear listeners' responses.
1: Likewise. Thank you so much for the time and opportunity.
0: All right. Take care. I now welcome my colleagues, uh, Eric and Alicia, Eric Royo and Alicia Lee. Um, I would love to hear about some of your thoughts from that conversation and in particular practical ideas. You know, he was speaking largely from the perspective of a science educator, and I think a lot of the listeners to this podcast may teach science, but are also literacy educators. So if you have any ideas for what practical implications might look like, um, in the ELA classroom. Eric, do you want to start us off? I know you've been doing a lot of this work.
2: I'm a lower uh, elementary school educator, right? So I'm coming from that lens. Elementary school kids come into a class every year not knowing each other, right? You're coming into an environment where there's no culture yet. There's no community yet. And I, I think that using hip hop as a way to create that community is such a powerful thing. Um, and I, I just like how he, how he thought about that idea, too, of, of this is there's academic you know things to it for sure but just that idea of community and culture within a classroom to me and especially in elementary school you need that first before you can then bring out a- academics at the beginning of the year we do we do like an identity mural so I'll have kids um uh, we talk about the idea of identity the different aspects of identity you know especially with younger kids breaking it down to not just racially but culturally um the things that you like right the things that you want to do your interest um and then we, they create this kind of a piece of a brick, uh, a templated brick. And then they all do that. They, they pick a nickname or something that, a name that expresses them, you know, in, in their own way. And then we put that all together. So we have this big brick wall that is this shared mural that's, a, that's part of the class, but it's, it's individual bricks that everyone, everyone brought. And to me, that's the idea of hip hop. It's that you bring your individual talent so that it's, you grow the community together.
0: I love that idea. So are you, are you explicit with your kids? Like, this is an element of hip hop culture?
2: For sure. So, I, I start the year um, or wherever I'm at with um, the history of the culture, the origins, where it came from, because I really believe that's important. I believe that story has gotten lost over time. And just what he was saying about how their hip hop, kids' hip hop is different, their understanding of hip hop is different than my understanding of hip hop. I feel like a lot of that is because the story gets lost, its story isn't told. Historically, hip-hop has been controlled by people who weren't part of the culture. The types of music that were pushed on radios or that DJs had to play was something very specific. They, you know, A lot of people saw violence sold or sexuality sold, so that's what they wanted to play. But there's thousands and thousands of MCs and artists who don't get that same recognition who play amazing hip-hop music nowadays, but people just don't see it. So I think it's important to, to talk about that history with kids to say, it started in the Bronx is something that kids don't even know. That's to me, that's like the quintessential. If you don't know that it started from the Bronx, something's that's needs to be corrected immediately. Um, because the Bronx is been historically marginalized and pushed to the side. So, you know, if we can say this multi-billion dollar industry in the world that everybody does started in the Bronx. So I talk about the history first. I think it it needs to be.
0: Thank you. Awesome. Alicia, what are are things you're thinking about as a, elementary literacy educator?
3: I mean, I, I'm just thinking through, I really appreciated how Dr. Adjikram really talked about the concepts, because if, if you really just listen, those concepts is just good teaching. I was actually thinking of strategies from the book <laughs> um, that the reading strategies about, that touch on this idea of like questioning and critiquing and being critical. Um, there's a lot of strategies you can do with kids during it e- um during the ela block that i think are really powerful like questioning um the author bias or author authority like where is this author getting this information what is an author's point of view in writing this article
0: and then eric i know alicia talked a lot about connection to
3: the reading classroom i know you've done a lot of
0: work with writing and poetry yeah. as well right you want to talk a little bit about that
2: sure um i think i first introduced what we we called it a freestyle fridays um uh, where every friday um kids just had opportunity to write raps and write rhymes it was kind of a motivator because some throughout the year sometimes some of the kids um had trouble writing or they didn't, they didn't weren't motivated write in certain way so this was just kind of a way to get them motivated um and it started with our morning meeting where i had them just rhyme their name um, with a word, right? So they would they would do that. They would kind of think about about that. The, uh, we would eventually do that to a rhythm of a beat. Um, we would kind of expand that to a sentence, um, and then we started looking at we started doing something called a um, r- uh, rap Mad Libs. So we basically took poems. I, I, I we read the book um, Hip Hop Speaks to Children, um, but it had a, a whole bunch of different poems from different artists and different MCs, and we remake some. It was amazing to see how much. When I just let them go, how much they wrote. Um, you know, maybe we'd have a topic of the week or something like that, but just giving that time to, I'm not, you know, I'm not checking your work. I'm not going to, I'm not going to correct anything. This is your work. And and that was something for me growing up with writing is like, I always had a book on the train or the bus. I just wanted to write some things down and write raps or thoughts. And and I tried to get that routine down where they would just write on a regular basis um, about themselves. And then every Friday we would have what, like I said, Freestyle Friday where we you know, I'd have this uh, big green screen and I'd put the lights and we have a microphone and then kids would go up. So it was like a little show, um, which they loved. Right. And and there was a call and response that I taught them that if they were the MC, they would, they would say their rap and then they would yell, it's a freestyle Friday. And all the kids would respond, it's a freestyle Friday. So it, it just created this big atmosphere. Um, you know, and then eventually we went into the, the, the school that I was working at, um, it's their auditorium. Right. So I, I put them on a stage and it just got bigger. And then other people from you know the high school kids came down and started screaming freestyle Friday, so it just got them to like love writing and being excited about okay this this week Friday I I'm writing my rhymes now about Friday it just just in that you know motivation to to start writing and um again I just when you just give kids an opportunity to write about themselves or, or give them this format and 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 let them go I saw that many of them would just take off and. The types of lyrics that they wrote, the depth of it, and the depth of raps, you know, you know Alicia, one of Alicia's kids, um, who was an amazing hip-hop artist. Like, I, I could, he could I could see him signed as a hip-hop artist now, just as a third grader, just what he would write and the way he commanded presence.
0: I love this. I can absolutely yeah. visualize that, and I can feel the energy that must have been in that classroom. It was
2: amazing. Like, people asked to come in, are you doing freestyle for teachers, or can we come... <laughs>
3: Yeah, and I really love that too because I think you're positioning students and their writing identity kind of like how Dr. Ajapan was talking about science identity and they gain so much confidence. Um, I mean, I had students from your class come into my class in third grade from starting to third, and all they would want to do is write rap. Like three, yeah. like twice time, write rap. Lunch, write rap. Right. Like garden, can I take a piece of paper and pencil out? We're going to write a rap. <laughs> um, and then I think it just really positions them to see themselves as writers. and I think sometimes in in
0: elementary classrooms in particular, the writing that kids do doesn't always have a place to go except to the teacher. Mm-hmm. And so I just think having this you know this audience this I was asking that about graffiti art, just kind of this public display, this idea that my voice, mm-hmm. my words, my ideas matter. To mm-hmm. people beyond just the walls of this classroom or beyond just my teacher's eyes and ears that i like, think listening skills, phonological awareness of the rhyming. We've got the, you know, we've got writing skills, reading skills. I mean, there's like, if you're thinking about it from a skills perspective, it's like checks all the boxes, but just the, 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 the joy and the culturally affirming practices are just also make it so worthwhile.
3: I think it comes, I'm, I'm thinking of that, you know, Dr. Rudy Bishop framing of like windows and mirrors that if this like, Learning about hip hop culture could be a window for some students and for other students it's a mirror. And then, then there's like the sliding doors. And I think um, our students need both regardless of how they identify. So I think it, it, it's a lot of work for teachers, good work, where you have to really know the content, know the culture, whether it's the book you're reading um, or a culture you're, you're studying or exploring with students. And then and having those honest conversations with students. And I've had I've had a lot of moments like that in my classroom, too, where students will say something that might might not be like um, accurate or or culturally even appropriate. But but they're also like, you know, six, seven, eight. So um, are we going to like just say don't say that that's not nice? Or Are we going to say like, oh, I wonder where you got that idea from or. You know, tell me why you think that and then have them examine, um, you know, where they're where that came from. So and then it's hard because you kind of have to like pause yourself as an educator to have those conversations. But they are really are so powerful.
0: Well, thank you both so much for your time today and for all your great insights. And Eric, thank you for sharing your ideas and uh, practical implications for the classroom. Um, Take care, both of you.
2: All right. Take care.
0: Thank you. And thank you for listening. Please support the To the Classroom podcast by sharing, subscribing, or leaving a review on whatever platform you use to get your podcasts. Learn more about me and my work at my website, com.